Chargers on a good defense defense still good enough defense to hold on to. Chargers on a good defense defense still good enough defense to hold on to. Chargers on a good defense defense still good enough defense to hold on to. Justin will be able to still do some editing. Chargers on a good defense defense still good enough defense to hold on to. Still do some editing. Justin will be able to. Chargers on a good defense defense still good enough defense to hold on to. Justin, make that the intro. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 10 of the Let's Talk Fantasy Football Podcast. We're going to be talking about the week nine results in the 12-pack league. I am your host, TJ. Here with me is my co-host, JR. JR, how are you doing this evening? Let's talk fantasy football, my friend. That's how I'm doing this evening. I'm doing great. It's time to talk fantasy. It's November, ladies and gentlemen. It is officially the holidays. Halloween passed, and I can feel Christmas on the horizon. We just got to get through Thanksgiving first. But, uh, boy, great time of year, not just for the holiday season, but for football. Super excited to talk about the exciting weekend that we got to witness. Some might say it's the most wonderful time of the year. I've heard that mentioned before. I can't remember where. I've never um, heard that. No? Well, maybe that's no. just me. Okay. Well, yeah. As far as our league goes, nothing super exciting, to be honest. There were no close matchups. Even going into Sunday night, there were a couple of things that were technically up in the air, but uh, there really wasn't much intrigue. Like, Brian and Justin's matchup came down to Sunday night, but Justin had a big lead, and Brian really never had a good chance. Scott and Louis technically came down to Sunday night, but then Gronk didn't play, and Louis got a massive game from James White, so that was over quickly. And yeah, a lot of big spreads this week, uh, which is why we are where the Monday Night Football game is not even over yet. Uh, and so Jack and I decided, decided to get an early start since there's nothing up in the air no for the league. And who no offense to the Cowboys. the Cowboys. <laughs> Titans. So, what a game. <laughs> Those uh, are two yeah. not exciting teams. Yeah, uh, I would say that I agree with that. So let's uh, let's just go ahead and get right into the matchups. And if anything exciting happens in the game, we will definitely uh, sprinkle that, that information in. But uh, let's talk about the first matchup, which is going to be Kyle versus Greg. Because Kyle remains in first place after a victory. He wins very convincingly over Greg with 15,950 to Greg's 10,758. Looking at Kyle's team, Mr. First Place, Mr. Six and Three. He gets it again from Patrick Mahomes, 2780. Julio Jones, golf clap for Julio Jones, gets his first touchdown of the year. Golf clap, dude? The Atlanta Falcons celebrated Julio Jones touchdown like like it was a playoff game. I mean it, it was it was I don't it was just hilarious to see how excited the team was and deservedly so. I mean how long has it been since Hulu sco- Hulu Julio scored uh finally breaks into the end zone. So happy for him as a diehard Falcons fan and yeah, I mean 
that's that's got to be exciting for Kyle because he's he's hoping that Julio can continue reaching the end zone. But I'll let you keep going with his team. But just his wide receivers are unbelievable. They are the reason he's in first place. Yeah, definitely a big part. Uh, Adam Thielen's worst week of the year still puts up a thousand seventy. Robert Woods, good week, one thousand. That's he's his wide receiver three. You take that every every week from Robert Woods, knowing his upside is even more. Massive games game from George Kittle, 1880 for for a tight end for his tight end. That's great. And then Josh Gordon comes through in a big way with 2150. Had a big 55 yard touchdown late in the game to salt away the game for New England. Ten targets, five catches, 130 yards. Uh, really, I mean, it was the big play that got him a really great game. But they are throwing to him early and often, so that's great for Kyle. And then 3700 for Chicago. And honestly, I wasn't surprised at all. Uh, you got Nathan Peterman at quarterback for the Bills. I mean, it's the it's the Bills. I mean, Chicago, yes, great defense, but the numbers that teams are putting up against the Bills in terms of defensive fantasy points. I mean, yeah, they're the you you see that one in the hyphens in Yahoo's format or hyphens in parentheses in Yahoo's format. The Bills are the number one team in terms of defense. So, I mean. The great streaming tactic is to just pick up the team that's playing the Bills. For luckily, luckily for Kyle, Chicago is his go-to week by week play. So they're a great defense going up against an offense that bad. I'm not honestly this 3700 number. I mean, how surprised were you? Not, not really at all. Which is crazy. No, like I said, yeah, I wasn't. I would have been surprised if honestly, honestly, I would have been surprised if they didn't get over 3000. And that's no joke. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's no crazy. joke. <laughs> but yeah. What's funny is, I don't know if you saw this, but Peterman threw for 189 yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions. And that game improved his quarterback rating. Wow. Think about that. His quarterback rating improved from 20.8 to 30.7 after a three-interception, no-touchdown game. I don't understand. I mean, just go sign someone off the street. Anyone else. Anyone else? Go, go sign some guy. I mean, realistically, go sign Colin Kaepernick. Okay, dude. You really? You're going to make this podcast political? Okay, Absolutely. we'll get into it. All right, Nike or no Nike. Okay, let's let's get to it. No, just kidding. No, I mean, that's a no-brainer. Colin Kaepernick is off. I mean, anyone. There's There's got to be 10 quarterbacks right now that you could sign that are better than Nathan Peterman. I don't really get it. Anyways, moving on. George Kittle putting up another massive week for Kyle. That's... Exciting. Four receptions, 108 yards, and a touchdown. He's just, I mean, he's he's a monster in this in this offense. He's up there in that top tier, I think, when you're talking the, the Travis Kelseys and the Zach Hurts. No. I, think, I think you put George Kittle right below them in that, not in the top tier, but in the, I mean, he's he's okay, at the head well, of the pack underneath those guys. I think, I think, I'd, I'd take George Kittle over, over O.J. Howard, that's for sure. I bet you the rest of the season, O.J. Howard outscores George Kittle. Let's bet. All right, let's bet. Mark it down. Mark it down. Uh, oh, we've got All to right, mention... enough about Kyle's team. I mean, well, he's his team's good. His team's good, and he deserves first place. I think that's fair to say at this point. Yeah, we. he's, yes, he definitely deserves, for sure, a top three spot. So him being first place is 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 not bad at all. We just want to mention, he's his running back... Situation is still his weak spot, but it has yet to really matter for him. 
Dude scored sixteen grand. His his RB one and two combined for less it's, than a thousand. It's an inflated week because of Chicago's defense. Let's be clear about that. Yeah. Um, because yeah, the rest of his, I mean, he didn't have that's insane fair. weeks from his wide receivers, and he got terrible weeks from his running backs. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, like his he he got good enough from his wide receivers. Looking over at Greg's team, that's. That's where he lost the matchup. Boy, oh boy, Mike Evans only getting one catch for 16 yards. Chris Godwin only getting two catches for 40 yards. They got screwed over by a man man by the name of Adam Humphreys. You can find him in free agency if you're interested. He soaked up all the Tampa Bay receiving points in that game. Mike Williams, he got a touchdown from him, but still only one catch for 30 yards. That was, uh, from my perspective, where Greg lost the matchup. Yeah, just really a, a devastating Devastating was the was the Mike Williams and Chris Godwin thing, when you when you or think the, about the fact Mike Evans, yeah sorry, I saw yeah he's got Mike Williams on his roster too that's what uh, that's what gave me the uh, the mix up there in the brain but yeah Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, when you think about the fact that Ryan Fitzpatrick threw for four touchdowns, uh, and Evans and Godwin combined for three catches. Yeah, uh, you weren't expecting that going to the game. No right. one was telling you that. Right. So that's that was devastating, and absolutely that is that's a huge. I mean, Greg doesn't put up a good week, and honestly, it was not that. I mean, you're disappointed in sixteen ninety from Todd Gurley. I mean, let's be honest. Which is unfair to Todd Gurley, but it's which true. Is, which is very unfair to Todd Gurley, but it's absolutely true. I mean, he hadn't scored less than twenty eight hundred since week four. And I tell you one thing, he's definitely disappointed in Mark Ingram, only getting 210. I mean, what are your thoughts on Mark Ingram rest of season? He's been pretty disappointing uh, up to this point, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, he had that great week, first week back, right before their bye week, two, two grand up against Washington. And then after the bye week, it's been incredibly disappointing. I mean, you've got 12 attempts for 32 yards 13 attempts for 63 yards and then nine for 33 he lost a fumble I mean it's it's the Alvin Kamara show and what and what we saw in this game against the Rams is in 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 games that matter and in games that are close they are going to rely heavily on Kamara and they're going to rely heavily on Thomas and that's really going to be their their go-tos there I mean Alvin Kamara outtouched Mark Ingram in this game by a lot and I it's I don't know that it's more it's I think I said it's not really game script but more so like like I think it's who they want who they want to depend on when when it's really important like you see them spreading the ball around a lot in games where they you know against the Giants and against the Redskins in games they just really took control of those games and there was never a concern they were going to lose or had to fight for anything and they spread the ball around more. But then in the games that matter, they go to their go-to guys, and that's Kamara and Thomas. And, yeah, right now it's not looking good for Mark Ingram, certainly. You're going to keep playing him if you're Greg and just hope that he starts to turn it around and look better because, it's yeah, it's been very disappointing the last three weeks. I And I would uh, – I, I totally agree with your take, but I if I were Greg, I would, I would definitely taper my expectations. I mean, I don't think he's going to be the, the Mark Ingram that we saw last season. I think – I think Alvin Kamara is just so good that it's going to be hard to get enough work. I think Mark Ingram will still be an RB2, but for me, I I thought of him more as a high-end RB2 headed into this season, even a low-end RB1. Maybe that was too high, but he's not that this season. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely taper those expectations for sure rest of the season and just hope you can get even just a low-end running back two out of Mark Ingram. Um, All right, should we move on to the next matchup? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, we can move on to the next matchup. We touched on Greg's team. It's just a, a down week for him, uh, really outside. I mean, Minnesota put up a huge number of points, and Cam Newton had a great game. And outside of those two and Todd Gurley, it was just very bad for everyone else. So uh, he falls to four and five and uh, drops all the way down to 10th place. So, but he's he's right there. He's right there with everyone else. And uh, yeah, he's got to bounce back with a win next week. But we will move on to matchup number two, which I am very excited to talk about. Uh, it's going to be me versus Anna. I took Anna down. With 17,832, Anna puts up a, a good, a really good score of 13,282. Uh, would have, uh, I believe, beat six other teams this week. But unfortunately, she faced up against me, unfortunately for her. And uh, I move all the way up to second place, moving to 6-3. and three. I've got a five-game winning streak, going from 1-3 and three to 6-3. and three. Anna falls to 4-5. and five. She is just out of the playoffs uh, right now in ninth place. Jack, you want to start with my team? <laughs> yeah, dude, you had a monster week. Ryan Fitzpatrick, no shortage of Fitz magic against the Carolina Panthers, putting up 2,600. He passed for 243 yards and four touchdowns. We touched on that during the last matchup. But honestly, dude, I mean, Michael Thomas, you've been waiting for this week. I know that yeah. much is true. Yeah. Michael Thomas comes alive for 12 catches, 211 yards, and a receiving touchdown. He was having a monster game. He had like 130 receiving yards, and then he caught a 70-yard touchdown. So that was pretty sweet. Uh, Yeah, that was really sweet. James Conner was also sweet, sweet, sweetness for you. He's given Le'Veon Bell's contract some, some problems, my friend. 107 rush yards, seven receptions. For 56 yards and a receiving touchdown. Just a monster game. And like we like we talked about before the show, O.J. Howard putting up a massive performance. Four catches for 53 yards and two touchdowns. You've got, uh, you got some tight ends on your team, man. You had Zach Ertz on the bench this week with a bye. So I know you're looking to trade one of those guys. I think it's smart. You got a lot of value at the position. Try to do something with it. That's what trading's all about. Doug Baldwin getting four catches and 77 yards. No idea what's up. I don't know. I don't know what you can expect from Doug Baldwin. He's certainly not Doug Baldwin. Uh, I guess a wide receiver, fringe wide receiver two three. I don't know. I mean, what is what? How are what are your expectations for him? I have I have lowered my expectations on Doug Baldwin severely. I am very pleased with nine hundred and seventy points from Doug Baldwin. I only view him as a wide receiver three right now. Anything above that that I get, I will consider a bonus. Uh, that's how I'm viewing it moving forward. And I think that's that's fair. Lamar Miller, the the disappointment for you on your team, he cost you a you know, nineteen thousand point week. Twenty one rush yards, only two catches for twenty seven yards. He got out carried by Alfred Blue. I don't understand. Uh after having two straight weeks of over a hundred yards. So not hundred. I just don't get. I just don't get it. Yeah, it's very disappointing. I was very disappointed in that. You know, a plus matchup against Denver, who had been very bad against the run this year. 
thought for sure I would get another good game out of Lamar Miller. And yeah, like you said, I mean, there were just entire series where it was just Alfred Blue and, and Lamar Miller didn't touch the field. And I don't yeah. really get it. Well, lucky for you, you had Tevin Coleman in your flex spot who got three grand for you. 88 yards, five catches for 68 yards and two touchdowns. Monster game for him. You got to love seeing that. The Falcons really trounced the Redskins, sort of surpassing everyone's expectations. You know, I had quote-unquote fantasy analysts making me second-guess starting Matt Ryan because they were like, oh, the Falcons, the the Redskins defense. I should have known better. Matty yeah. Ice going going up. I don't care who he's going up against, but certainly going up against the Redskins, who are just constant underperformers. Uh, Tevin Coleman really benefited from that huge game. And, he, dude, you got Deion Lewis on your bench, scoring two, almost 2,000 a night in this Monday night game and counting. Dude. you got to love seeing the usage from him, four catches for 60 yards. I tried to go through your team quickly, man, but I just I touched on every single player except for freaking Taylor Gabriel in your <laughs> kicker and defense. So you got to feel good. I mean, you're sitting in such a good spot. To be totally honest, your team hasn't been great this year. You know that. But I think you're hitting your stride, and your team's in such a good position that you can bank on making the playoffs and try to get in, get in a good spot for for those last three weeks of the season. So you're you're in a great spot. Yeah, honestly, I... I... I I was hoping I didn't I didn't have confidence in starting Deion Lewis. I will be confidently starting him next week. Back to back weeks he had the buy in between, but this is their last two games. They have featured Deion Lewis. They are getting him involved in both the run game and the passing game. And Derrick Henry is pretty much an afterthought at this point. So very encouraging stuff. Never could have expected what I got out of Tevin Coleman. I love that they used him in the passing game. They he looked really good in the run game. And and Tevin Coleman in that game. He just he's so fast. He looks so good. I'm hoping that this can continue. Uh, I'm going to get at least one more week out of James Conner without Le'Veon Bell there. Uh, yeah, so I'm feeling great. I'm in a really good position, like you said, 6-3. and three. Basically, I'd have to lose out, lose the rest of the four games, or the last four games to miss the playoffs. So I think I can pencil myself in uh, a little hesitantly into the playoffs. Don't get ahead of yourself, and, dude, uh, okay? Don't yeah, get a I'm big really head. liking what I see from my team right now. But honestly, and, we, we can say a lot of great things about your team, and rightfully so. But Anna's team looked really good this week, putting up more than 13000 Tough for her to take a loss this week. Tell me what you liked about her team, because I know you had to know you were going up against a valiant opponent. Yeah, you know, honestly, I was scared. <laughs> I was scared about uh, Brandon Cooks and Alvin Kamara, and I was right about that. Uh, that game had a, a lot of scoring. Brandon Cooks has... Uh, just a monster game of six receptions, 114 yards and a touchdown. His second best game of the year. Uh, Alvin Kamara puts up three grand again, 3160, three touchdowns, uh, over 120, 110 all-purpose yards. Uh, he now has three games of over 3,000. Just an absolute beast. Uh, and then she gets a good. Really good stream, San Francisco against Oakland. Well done on her part, getting 2,200 there. Greg DeLeg is back and looking good at 1,300. And then, really, she got a great week from Deshaun Watson, who puts up two grand again. But outside of that, really disappointing stuff from her team. Uh, Kenny Galladay with Golden Tate gone, only three for 46. Deshaun Jackson, as we mentioned, it was all three of the wide receivers in Tampa Bay that let let uh, where were big letdowns. Sean Jackson only gets two catches for 32 yards. Crowell only played in 36% of the snaps. Um, Elijah McGuire 
coming in playing at over 50% of the snaps. That's concerning for Anna. Uh, he doesn't put up. He only puts up 650. She tried to stream Vance McDonald, only 400. But honestly, I don't know. Like she, Evan Ingram, she'll play after the bye week. Hopefully, he can be better. But uh, we haven't seen a whole lot from him yet. And uh, and then Eckler, after he'd been great, pretty much in every game, uh, not great, but his lowest score was 600 in their first seven games before the bye week, while getting over a thousand four times. He only puts up 390. Uh, very disappointing stuff. We'll talk about Melvin Gordon later in the show, but that's yeah. entirely because of how good Melvin Gordon looked coming back from injury. Yeah, but not. I mean, I guess. But I mean, let's not. Let's what? So Melvin Gordon didn't look great in the first seven games. Like, no, he did. Uh, but Eckler was just performing better with his limited touches. Uh, although he did have his least amount of carries. Yeah, I think it was just game script going up against Seattle and, you know, they were passing a bit more. Yeah. So outside of the obvious bright spots for Anna's teams, there for Anna's team, there are concerns. You really need she needs Kennedy Kenny Gallagher to turn it around and she needs him to show up big time ASAP. Uh she'll need opportunities in, there with Golden Tate out of yeah, town. Opportunity is there. I think you'll see better stuff from Deshaun Jackson. Uh Moving forward, as long as Fitzpatrick has the job, he Deshaun Jackson should have much better games. Really worried about Crowell. And then Eckler, I mean, Eckler is, Anna has one running back that she can start confidently, which is, I think, the biggest problem for her right now. But, yeah, I would I would absolutely agree with that, and that's largely due to Devontae Freeman going down for the season. Yeah, but yeah, that was big for her. Certainly, I mean, lucky for her, Kamara is just unbelievable, but definitely needs to hope that Crowell turns into a long-term solution or, or start looking elsewhere, because I, I don't think it's going to be Eckler. But maybe that's me not paying enough attention to how much success he's been having, even with Melvin Gordon. Yeah, I uh, I think Eckler is, I don't know. Yeah, I think he could be, in most games, a decent flex play. But looking at, if you're using him as your running back two, I don't really like that. Uh, you, want a, yeah. you want a stronger player than that in your running yeah. back two spot. So, great game for Mana. Unfortunate matchup for her. Like I said, she's four and five. She'll be looking to get a win next week. Um, but yeah, I, I, she's got... A lot of good players, and I, I think her team has the potential. Uh, she really just has to go. If she goes two and t- two and two, I, I mean, there's going to be six and seven teams that make the playoffs in our league, which with the way things are shaping out right now. So, if she can go three and one and then seven and six, she'll be a lock. Uh, and then even if she can, she can go two and two, and she's got uh, the tie break in points over uh, a couple of teams. So, uh, yeah, she'll be looking to bounce back next week. Uh, maybe get some luck and, and get a victory. But, yeah, anything you want to say before we move on to the next one? No, I think we should move on to the next matchup, which is, similarly, another let bro. Louie, he got not nearly as many points as you and slightly more points than Anna. With 13,542, he took down Scott, who got a sub-10,000 week with 9,554. Louie moves to 5-4. and four. Scott moves down to three and six, keeping him firmly in last place. Tommy, what'd you like? What'd you like about your bros team this week? Uh, like I said, he he did a little better than Nana, so 
I mean, nowhere near you, but he, he had a good week. I mean, what what do you like about it? Yeah, this is what you come to expect from Louis. It's uh, more of the same from him on with his roster. He moves up to third place with the win. He's got the highest scoring. He's the highest scoring 5-4 and four team. Another good week, from not, not a great week for a quarterback, but for Russell Wilson, over 2,000. Devontae Adams had a actually had a subpar game for him with 1,300. Uh, great game from Nick Chubb, 1550. Tremendous game from James White. Can't say enough about what he's doing for Louie with 2530. Another two touchdowns. Jimmy Graham was re- really encouraging for Louie, 1350. Got his second touchdown of the year. Like you said, Melvin Gordon, not Melvin Gordon's best game, you know, quote unquote only 1880, but he looked really, really good. He only had 16 carries, uh, which I guess is actually right around what he's been getting, but. He looked good coming back off of that hamstring injury, which is super encouraging, and I think exactly what you want to see if you're Louie. Uh, and then you look to Louie's bench, and Dalvin Cook came back, and he actually looked good. He broke off a 70-yard run, which is his longest of his career, added four catches for 20 yards, got almost 1,300. Louie has four high-quality running backs, and I know for sure he's going to be looking to trade one of them before the trade deadline in our league. But yeah, I mean, if Louie can... His running backs are insane. Yeah, his running backs are out of control. When is Uh, the trade deadline? It's between uh, week 11 and week 12. I believe it's the 24th of November. Middle of the week. Um, And honestly, Demarius Thomas only put up 760, but it was his first week with Houston... He got all three of his catches in the first quarter and was looking really good out the gate, but then uh, they didn't really use him. I think as he gets more integrated into the offense, he was confused multiple times. I mean, it's just, it's he just was traded there, so that's to be expected. But Demarius Thomas is going to be much more of a wide receiver, too, I think, uh, for Louie. And so if he's got Devontae Adams as his one, Demarius Thomas as his two, and then honestly, Tyler Lockett is kind of a touchdown or bust type of guy been getting touchdowns uh more than uh, more often than not but Tyler Lockett as a wide receiver three isn't bad and then you look at his bench and he's got Sterling Shepard and Larry Fitzgerald so he can pick and choose week to week uh, who's going to be his wide receiver three and yeah I mean I'm not sure either of those guys are are going to be great consistent options super matchup dependent for both of them the guys in his bench but yeah, I mean, I, I, I like Demarius Thomas, honestly. I think he'll get more integrated into that offense. The, the question mark for me is Tyler Lockett, as is all the question marks in the Seattle receiving core. It just it seems like you never know who it's going to go to, and it's all they're all just touchdown dependent. I guess Doug Baldwin has been finding a way to get some points sometimes, but I, I don't even know. I mean, I just, Louis' running backs are so good, and his wide receivers are are all question marks to me except for Devontae Adams. You think even Demarius Thomas, uh, once he gets a couple weeks under his I mean, belt, will be a I question think it's mark? A question, I think a question mark in the sense that I think it's very possible he'll possible he'll have some, some dud games here and there. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think I think as as we get towards the end, of, closer to the end of the season, I think Demarius Thomas will be a pretty steady uh at the very least, a steady wide receiver, you know, lower tier wide receiver two, upper tier wide receiver three for Louis, and 
yeah, Tyler Lockett's going to be up and down, I think, rest of the season. But um, you can play, you can, I mean, you can play him confidently in the next two games uh, against the Rams and then against the Packers. I mean, Russell Wilson's going to have to throw in those games. So, um, yeah, I mean, Louis looking great right now. He picked up Andrew Luck as an insurance plan for Russell Wilson. I, I figured you would love that move. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's five and four, third place. He's just got to go two and two to lock in his playoff spot, and uh, I think he'll he'll easily make the playoffs. And uh, his his team is going to be a force to reckon with uh, come playoff time. Always is, always is, man. Looking at the <sighs> other side of the matchup, Scott's team is anything but a force. Something to be reckoned with, but only to mock. Uh, Jared Goff leading the helm. 3,000 points. I love Jared Goff. I've been a Jared Goff truther this season. I think he's great. I'm glad Scott's got no backup options on his bench because Jared Goff is the guy. 391 passing yards, three passing touchdowns. Just a stud, a total stud. Amari Cooper getting five catches for 58 yards and a touchdown tonight in the Monday night game. Welcome to Dallas, Amari. Coop Coop, my friend. You can't catch footballs, but... No, I mean, you know my thoughts on Amari Cooper, but I'm happy that Dallas is able to use him because Oakland, man, worst team in football, I guess. I guess that's what we're saying now. They, I mean, they look absolutely pathetic in that game against San Francisco. That was just really, really embarrassing. Speaking of pathetic, the running back performances from Scott's team, on Johnson, 590, Doug Martin, 740, Peyton Barber, 500. I mean, not much to be done with that. All three. Three of those guys, Carry on Johnson is just a result of coaching idiots. I mean, they're they're given theoretic work, they're given Legarrette Blunt work, so whatever. Peyton Barber, I mean, it was a desperation play, and Scott knew it that. was a desperation play, and he knew that, so that's fair. And then I look and I see some injury troubles too. Rob Gronkowski out this week. AJ Green. Now, news is that he's might have some turf toe issue. He could require surgery. They're not sure yet. Uh, At the very I least, mean, he's missing two weeks. He's missing at least said. two weeks. So that's no good. No, nope, bueno. that's terrible. That's terrible. No for bueno Scott. for Scott because Scott needs wins right now. So might be smart for him to try to trade AJ Green to someone who can afford someone who's playoff safe and try to get someone uh, in his spot. But. I don't know, I'm being harsh, but Scott's team just does not look good this week, and I I don't really believe in it moving forward outside of Jared Goff and uh Swatkins in that KC offense is a is a reliable and John Brown's been disappointing. I don't I don't really know I mean obviously I knew I saw it coming, that's why I traded him away. <laughs> um but yeah. No, all joking aside, John Brown had a fire start to the season, and as you were about to say, four of the last five weeks he's been sub-1,000, and then some. So what are your thoughts on John Brown rest of the season? I, you hope, I mean, first the disappointing part for Scott is that he's on a week 10 bye, which is next week. And like you mentioned, uh, I, think, I think John Brown will definitely be better than what the last five weeks have been rest of season. But if you're Scott, you won't have John Brown, you won't have A.J. Green, you're maybe, probably, I mean, with the way Rob Gronkowski's injuries have been going, there's at least a 50-50 chance 
he's not going to play, and they gave him through the bye week to rest. Uh, so then you're talking, you're out without John Brown, you're without Rob Gronkowski, and you're without A.J. Green in a must-win week. Uh, this was a this was really a must-win week for Scott, and I hate to say it, but I think I think he's done. I don't see I don't see how he makes the playoffs. Um, he's got to go up against you next week. <laughs> so, with the way your team has been performing, it's going to be very, very tough for Scott to get a win. And if he gets, if he loses and, and gets that seventh loss, uh, Scott's really got to win out and finish seven and six because he doesn't have the point tiebreaker over anyone. And so, at six and seven, he's not going to get in. Um, so, really, yeah, well, if you're Scott, you're looking. You need out, to Scott. win the last four weeks and. Uh, so yeah, it, it it pains me to say it, but I think I think Scott's season is all but over. But I really hope you know he's not mathematically eliminated yet. So definitely, Certainly my don't my my advice to you, Scott, is what Jack said: is you need to, if AJ Green is out, if John Brown is out, if Rob Gronkowski is out, you need to win next week, and so you need to go all in and try and make trades to. Like Jack said, one, tra- one trade away, yeah, trade trade AJ Green away. Obviously, make sure you get a fair return and get a, a wide receiver that you can depend on this week or something of that nature. Because yeah, you got to win next week, so uh, go for it, go big or go home. Go big or go home. Speaking of going big, you mentioned my team, and my team is in the next matchup, my friend. Going big for sure, putting up fourteen thousand eight oh eight. 808s and heartbreaks, more like it. Mm-hmm. Dad album. going down with only 10,200 points. My team putting up another nice week, my friend. Uh, you alluded to it. I know you're desperate to chat about it. So what are your what are your thoughts on my team, man? Dad's team underperforming. He he goes from five and three to five and four. My team creeps up another win, four and five. I can t- I can almost taste that 500 record. <laughs> I can't wait, and yeah, man, my team's on a roll. Tell me what you like. I like a whole lot about your team. Um, I've been very vocal about how much I love your team since we drafted. Uh, I picked your team as the team I would want if I couldn't have mine. Uh, I, so as of right now, I think I stand by that. Just the way the way you're rolling right now. Matt Ryan has been lights out for you almost every week this year. Him putting up another twenty nine hundred. Um, I, mean, I guess I guess Matt, Matt Ryan's had three down weeks, three down weeks. But in in his in his five good weeks, his lowest score is twenty seven fifty. I mean that's crazy. Uh, I mean that's that's he's right on level with Patrick Mahomes, and so you love him. He's passed his by. You're gonna be you're going. I'm, I would assume you just it's Matt Ryan rest of the season. And then, terrible news for me, which we didn't touch on, Geronimo Allison, I don't know if you saw, but he got that groin injury, and now it's looking like he's going to need uh, core surgery, and that's going to put him out for the rest of the season. Um, so, terrible terrible trade by me. It just immediately uh, does not go my way. So, Marquez Valdez-Scantley, immediately, that's four straight weeks for him of 1,000, of over 1,000, I mean, and he is their deep threat. He is going to be the number two guy in the wide two in the two wide receiver sets for Green Bay. It's going to be Marquez Valdez Scantling. I think you got. I mean, it's luck has has turned around for you. And with Marvin Jones Jr., he put up nine sixty, which is not great, but 
that's great. And I think that's going to be around his floor without Golden Tate there. Um, Marvin Jones Jr. is looking really good all of a sudden. You've got Marquez Valdez-Scantling. You're going to have Alshon Jeffrey coming off of the bye. And all of a sudden, your wide receiver core doesn't look bad. And that's a problem for everyone else because... Kareem Hunt puts up 32-60. Christian McCaffrey puts up 30-20. And you'll have Joe Mixon coming off of his bye. Now, slight concern for Joe Mixon. A.J. Green being out is going to make things harder for that offense in general. So you hope not to see too much of a dip in production from Joe Mixon. But Kareem Hunt has been on fire. Christian McCaffrey is looking great. Trey Burden, even in a bad week, he seems... He's getting touchdowns even when he's not being targeted a lot. So more often than not, you can depend on around 1,000-plus from him, which is great. Uh, and then your flex option, if if you're hoping for Kiki QT to come back uh, or you just you play Randall Cobb because, honestly, with, with Allison's out for, for the season or even just an extended period of time, both of those guys are serviceable. Uh, Valdez Scantling more so than Cobb, but... Yeah, I don't know. You're going to keep streaming defenses, I'm sure. But, dude, your team has been on fire, and I really don't see it. Uh, I really don't see it slowing down. I mean, you've got to feel great. Like you said, you're four and five. You play Scott, and we just mentioned his situation with injuries and buys. and uh, So you're going to be heavily favored to get that victory. You've got to be feeling great. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling optimistic. I mean, I think I appreciate what you said about my wide receivers. I do think things are looking up for my wide receivers, but all three of them are, in my opinion, still unproven exactly what their production will be. But you look at my running backs, and it's just, I mean, that's where I really struck gold in the draft. That's what I'm That's what I'm proud of this year is my, my drafting of running backs. I think I... Nailed it with Kareem Hunt, Christian McCaffrey, and Joe Mixon. I think all three of them are studs. And I'm not too worried about Joe Mixon. I think Tyler Boyd is still a stud in that Bengals offense. And I I think Joe Mixon will continue to produce. So, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling confident. I am feeling confident, and I'm hoping that I continue can continue this win streak and, and secure a playoff spot because that's what it's all about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the the, the fourteen thousand eight hundred is your lowest score in the last three weeks, and uh, yeah, down week. Your fifth lowest score in the year. So your your team's been putting up points. You're on a tear uh, since week six. You're you're just averaging an insane number of points. So, uh, congrats to you on the victory. Huge, huge victory over Dad. Who? Well, Dad's team's better than mine, man. He's five and four. Yeah, so Dad drops to five and four. He has now lost three in a row, and I just I gotta say, a truly baffling QB stream decision. Uh, and so Dad is a very very formidable fantasy player. He's proved it over the years. Uh, ever since we went from obviously he was dominant in overall points because of his Peyton Manning QB keeper, but even since we've switched to head to head in two thousand eleven. He has contended most years. He's made the championship multiple years. He's he won last year, and it's 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 a decision like this that really baffles me. You stream Mitch Trubisky, and I guess it's just he'd been hot, and so that's what that's what Dad sees. Hasn't gotten less than two thousand over the last four weeks while putting up forty three hundred and thirty three hundred and twenty eight hundred, 
And but Buffalo just held Tom Brady to 1300. They've been very good. Their defense has been very good. And this is exactly the game I was expecting out of this Buffalo versus Chicago. So I don't know what Dad was hoping for from Mitchell Trubisky. I am not at all surprised by the 900 point performance. Uh, and then you count, you add, you you compile that with the fact that he just straight up dropped Ben Roethlisberger, who ended up. Ha- I mean, it was a bad matchup for Roethlisberger against I mean, Baltimore, yeah. but you, you me, play me, Ben Roethlisberger. And I you hold on to I Ben know. Roethlisberger. I, I I don't agree. I, I I will say that. Well, maybe you don't drop him. I mean, I'm not gonna. I won't weigh in on that. But I don't. I did. I would not. Pl- I would not want to play Big Ben against Baltimore. I totally get that. Um, okay, but however, but but I'd rather play him than Mitch Trubisky. Exactly. So, so I I don't disagree with the decision to stream. I disagree with. The streaming choice. Well, I, well my point is because go go to free agency. I I do not think there was a quarterback out there that had a juicy enough matchup to merit starting over Ben Roethlisberger this week, uh, and certainly not Mitch Trubisky. Like I get your I, point. In, in an I ideal, I would have taken Baker Mayfield. No, that's that's silly. That's just silly. I I think that is. That's playing too much into the numbers, I think. Yeah, I mean, agree to disagree. Mitchell Trubisky, at, on, uh, again, I, I get it, it's against Kansas City's good defense, but... No, I mean, I I don't know. Yeah, I definitely, that's a mat, totally a matchup thing. Baltimore, best defense in the NFL. KC, high-scoring offense. I mean, Baker ended up with almost 2,000 points, so um, Big Ben's 2,500 was really surprising to me. I... I I didn't think you know I that's a lot of points for a twenty three to sixteen game. And this yes, right no Ben Roethlisberger definitely it's not a good matchup and I would not have, I would have expected under two thousand for Ben Roethlisberger this week for sure, but we're we're getting a little too much into this but my, my I'm just frustrated for Dad because I I, I mean but this isn't going to come out before waivers, so like Dad Dad's not getting Ben Roethlisberger back, I don't think. Um, I mean, maybe he will. I, I think maybe he will. I don't know. You're going to have... You're um, overestimating what people think about Big Ben. I mean, especially going up against Carolina, I don't know, on a Thursday night game. I don't want to... I'm not playing Big Ben. I got Matt Ryan, though, so... Hoo-ah. All right, enough about that. Um, and, oh, what Dad has what two defenses on his roster. So that, that's why... Yeah, well, why... that's classic. That's classic. But when you're... When you're... When it's... When it's at the detriment of not being able to hold on to Ben Roethlisberger... Yeah, you'd rather hold on to Big Ben. You'd rather than hold on to the Big Chargers. Ben. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, Chargers are a good def- defense, still good enough defense to hold on to. Stefan Diggs was injured. Hey, add him on his bench, but hopefully Stefan Diggs can take the bye week and and be back to full health because Dad needs him to perform. Emmanuel Sanders and Traquan Smith sub one thousand weeks. I guess that's what you can expect from Traquan, but definitely a disappointment for Emmanuel. The big week was for Keenan Allen, though. Super exciting. No touchdown, but six catches for 124 yards. What are your? I mean, we've been we've been gushing over Dad's wide receivers all year. Are you still as high on them? What are your What are your thoughts on those guys? Yeah, so I thought uh, really encouraging stuff from Keenan Allen. They used him a lot, um, and he had a he had some chances at touchdowns, and it just didn't happen. And uh, so great week from him. 
better days moving forward for Emmanuel Sanders, especially with Demarius Thomas out uh, of out of Denver. They he got nine targets, didn't do much with them. I mean, Houston's pass rush was uh, was something that they Denver tried to counter with quick passes, uh, screen passes, and they threw a lot to their tight ends. Uh, and so, yeah, I think I mean Sanders is going to be going on a bye, but then he's got a game against the Chargers, a game against the Steelers, a game against the Bengals, and I think uh, Manny Sanders is going to be really good rest of the season. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, hopefully Stefan Diggs comes back. Tyler Boyd's going to come back off a bye, and he is going to be the number one guy in Cincinnati. He'll be drawing the number one coverage, but he's going to get plenty of opportunity. So I think Dad's wide receivers are still very much his strong suit, uh, assuming Diggs can come back and be healthy. Uh, so that's not really much of a concern there. Concerned uh, about his running backs, though. I mean, Elliott puts up thirteen twenty, uh, but he hasn't been great since week Certainly four. Not worth the draft stock. Uh, yeah, so far he has not been worth that pick. Um, so we'll just see. We'll see what happens with that. But yeah, uh, you dad needs more from Elliott. Uh, as over these next few weeks to hopefully stop the bleeding and uh, and uh, get himself a couple wins to get into the playoffs. Um, and Joku uh, against Kansas City with only 7.30, honestly, that's a disappointing week. That that should have been a really good matchup for him and could have had a lot more points. Uh, I don't know. What do you think about Njoku? I really don't know. I mean, in such a with tight ends being such a weird position... So I, you know, he's he's good enough to have and start. I think is my is my take on him. I'm not excited about him. He's so up and down, but he's getting the targets on a regular basis. Enough targets to be startable at the tight end position. Certainly not one of those top tier, mid tier guys, but low end tight end one. I think most weeks. Yeah, and that was another uh, decision that I disagreed with for Dad was he he held on to Njoku and uh, and dropped OJ Howard, who I immediately picked up off waivers because I knew uh, OJ Howard was going to be good, and uh, so far that's been by far the wrong choice. So hopefully Njoku can turn it around and, and be worth that that keep for Dad. Uh, Philip Lindsay had a fine game, nine forty. Uh, you hope for a little more from him with with Freeman being out, but. That's fine for your running back, too. Collins in his flex spot. Didn't get many rushing yards, but was saved with the rushing touchdown. Um, just a lot of average to below average games yeah, from basically all of Dad's team. Just blah, blah um, He's He's dropped three in a row. Not a great week. Um, he really hasn't had a great week in a while. You look at his last three weeks, 11-6, 11-6, and 10-2. So, um He's got to stem the bleeding. He's going up. What's what's very interesting is he's going to be going up against Brian next week. We're 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 just about to, we're going to talk about Brian here uh, as our last matchup. But both Dad and Brian now have lost three in a row. Both have dropped to five and four, and one of them is going to lose next week because they play wow. each other. And one of them is going to drop to five and five and be in serious jeopardy of missing out on the playoffs after starting five and one. Uh, so that's kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, we, you ready to move on to the next matchup? Yeah, let's talk about the worst matchup of the week. Turd Ferguson with the victory score of 10,528 against Carlos and Hyde with 6,006 points. I have not looked it up, but I am very confident that's the lowest team total of the year. Drew beats Dan 
I mean, what? Where do I even begin? <laughs> Dan's team. Dan's team. I mean, yeah. Let's start with the loser, even though they're both losers. Dis. Hard dis. No. We've we've talked we've said a lot of really good things about Dan's team this year. He's been unlucky. This is not the week he needed as a three and five team. He needed a win here. I I think you gotta be feeling similar about his team if you're if you're feeling like Scott's team is down and out. Dan's team can't be too far behind him. I mean, what a dud of a week to put up when you needed a win. Kirk Cousins, such a huge disappointment only with 164 passing yards and a, and one touchdown against the Lions. Just a weird, I don't know, just didn't expect that from Kirk Cousins. Funchess and Landry both getting under 1,000, disappointing for both those guys. Funchess, Panthers put up 42 points, and Funchess only got four catches for 44 yards. Got a lot of work stolen from, uh, shoot, I'm blanking out his name, Curtis Samuel. He had a lot of really cool plays. I don't know if you saw him run all mm-hmm. the way across the field. Uh, like laterally and then scoring a touchdown like he was yeah he was nuts um, and then his running backs were just super disappointing but I, I don't know I, I mean literally one person on his team scored above a thousand and it was Tyreek Hill who had 1050 so just Oakland a goose egg DJ Moore only putting up 530 after all the hype Kyle Rudolph only got 380 he almost had a fluke touchdown but they ended up Latavius Murray fumbled the ball into the end zone, but and then Kyle Rudolph recovered it, but they actually ruled it that he had crossed the plane. Otherwise, Rudolph would have benefited from that. But really just, I mean, one of the worst weeks you'll see all season. Just nothing went right for Dan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you get 6,000, you you're right that it's the lowest score of the year, and it contends. It's not the, uh, it's not the lowest score in the history of our league. But it's damn close, uh, and it is for sure the lowest score of the year. Um, I mean, getting basically 6,000 flat is unimaginable. And the problem for Dan is is he was scoring really well through seven weeks, and then now he's had back-to-back. I mean, he had 10,700 last week, which looks incredible compared to this week, but it's still a really bad week. And so, yeah, I mean, he was... He was three and four, and really needed a couple wins. And then that's what happens when you he got he's gotten two or three losses that he if he had a different matchup he would have gotten a win because he scored thirteen thousand fourteen thousand. Uh, and so and now the down weeks come, and it's just at a horrible time because he drops to three and six. He's going to be playing me next week, uh, and my team has been looking pretty good. Uh, Tooting your own horn, man. And no, you're uh, right, the good news for Dan is he's going to get, uh, he's got T.Y. Elton and Saquon Barkley coming off of their buys. Uh, yeah, I mean, you throw this, you throw this week in the trash. I mean, like you said, nobody performed, even Tyree Kill. Hey, Mike Davis, man, had a nice week on his bench with and Honestly, yards. If, if Chris Carson is out next week, he can start Mike Davis confidently. Um, yeah. And Chris Carson did leave the game. Uh, that's why he only ended up with 400. So he left the game with an injury. Uh, honestly, the Elijah McGuire play, not a bad, not a bad pickup. He made that. No, um, I mean you couldn't, and you couldn't be expecting. I don't know. It's, it was a bit of a. It was yeah. a desperation play, and it ended yeah. up at one of his best players of the week. So, <laughs> so that's the disappointing part. But well, hey man, we don't want to grill on Dan too much. Let's talk about Drew's massive week winning performance. Yeah. So. <laughs> 
Anna Anna had mentioned I don't know if it was last week, but it was within the last few weeks. Oh, you know it was it was when Drew and I played each other, um, and I it, so that was last week, and I beat him with thirteen five, and he got thirteen thousand. And Tom Brady had a disappointing week, and Anna said she felt bad for Drew because he had been on the wrong end of a couple of uh, a couple of tough losses. Like he should, you would have expected Tom Brady to get enough points to get a win and beat me. And then he lost to, um, was it you? No, it was Justin. He lost to it where Drew scored 16,000 points and lost. However, this is now two wins. He got a a week one win where he played you and you put up 7,400. Yeah. And he got, he gets a week nine win where Dan puts up 6,000. So Drew is incredibly lucky to be five and four. He's in fifth place. And, uh, just an abysmal Miami's performance defense, from his dude. team. Miami's defense really showed up for him. I didn't even thirty three hundred for Miami's defense. You know, he he, he had it was Sony, a good play. He, it was a great oh great stream. Uh, Sony Michelle doesn't play, and he doesn't bother to switch Sony Michelle out or, or drop anyone because at that point, even when he only he only had nine thousand, uh, he had still already beaten Dan because Dan was done with his players. Uh, at 6,000 points, and so there was no reason to switch out Michelle, so Michelle doesn't play. Treat Cohen, oof, 372. Uh, Jordan Howard's been looking better. Uh, I mean, that this game was just game script. I mean, they won 41-9, and so Tariq Cohen was not needed at all in the passing game for much of the game. I, I, I expect Tariq Cohen to bounce back, uh, especially in, in games where uh, they're going to be needing to put up more points uh, through the air. So I I'm not worried about I don't Cohen. expect to drop back. Drop, wow, yikes. I tell you who, I'll tell you, who I don't expect. What did you say? What was the phrase you said? What the hell is going on? Uh, <laughs> what was the phrase? Why I can't think of anything but drop back. You said something similar to drop back, but it's not drop back. Uh, Anyways, regress? I don't know. You're not worried about Tariq Cohen. That's the point of what you said. Yes. Who I'm, I'm worried, worried about, about Jamal Williams. <laughs> okay, that was a desperation segue. play for that Drew. That was a good segue. That was a that was great a segue. segue. That was very well transitioned by you, uh, Jamal Williams. You look at Drew's team. That was that was his desperation play because he had uh, Chris Thompson still injured, uh, T.J. Yeldon on a bye, and uh, Golden Tate on a bye, and Odell Beckham Jr. on a bye. So he will not. I I, I would expect you to drop Jamal Williams after this week. Um, and so if that's the case, yeah, you're like you said, no, Jamal Williams is not really startable. Uh, it's it's Aaron Jones' backfield, and, it, I mean, Mike McCarthy is still giving Jamal Williams an inexplicable amount of snaps, but uh, he's not really producing fantasy-wise. Um, Coming back from bye, Drew is going to have OBJ, who will continue doing OBJ things. And Golden Tate, what are your – I'd love to hear your thoughts on Golden Tate in that Philadelphia offense. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, Golden Tate, obviously these are going to use him. Uh, they'll use him as the flex guy. Uh, or not the flex guy, the slot receiver. And honestly, they'll, have him in their, they'll have him in their flex yeah, spot they're on the fantasy use, lineup. Yeah, they'll use him as the flex spot of the fantasy lineup for sure. You know, Alshon is their number one. <laughs> but, no, uh, I, I I worry about what it what it says about Alshon Jeffrey and Zach Ertz, to be honest. Uh you bring it. You bring in a guy like Golden Tate. You trade for a guy like Golden Tate, who is a possession receiver in in Detroit's getting around ten targets a game. So, I mean, you expect to you bring in a guy like Tate, 
he's going to get at least what? The bare minimum five targets a game, and I would expect it to be more, uh, depending on game script. Yeah, and no, no, I and... guess that's that's part of what I'm asking you. I'm not I'm not sure what the usage will be. I'll tell you one thing. I think it makes Nelson Aguilar pretty much irrelevant. Yeah, that Nelson Aguilar is definitely the guy that's going to take the biggest hit, and I just I wonder if, for my sake, uh, Zach Ertz. I don't know if his if his target share takes a big dip because of Golden Tate. I mean, Alshon's the stretch guy, right? He's the guy on the outside. Uh, who can stretch the field, but Zach Ertz is over the middle possession type of guy, and that's exactly what Golden Tate did as well. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they work him into the offense for sure. But uh, regardless, I think Drew with Beckham, Tate, and honestly Corey Davis looked pretty good. Only 900, but uh, got another 10 targets. Mariota looked better. Uh, Tennessee got the win, beating Dallas 28-14. to uh, That game's officially over, so... Corey Davis, I think, after three terrible weeks um, before the bye, they got the bye, and now, honestly, I think... Um, just, I just... What? I mean, I just, it's it's not great, but as a wide I receiver three... I nothing to do with him. You can't trust him. Yeah, yeah, certainly as a wide receiver three, I guess. So, like, his, outside of Odell Beckham, Corey Davis is a bit of a question mark. We'll have to see what he gets from Golden Tate. Uh, Tom Brady's going to be fine. Sony Michelle, I think, is going to come back next week. That's the, what the report is. That'll be really good. Cohen will be better moving forward. Greg Olson is going to be really solid for him. And at 5-4, and four, uh, been saying this a lot, but Drew just needs to go 2-2, two and two, get that 7-6 and six record, and he'll be in the playoffs. So uh, he's going up against um, Kyle next week, which is, which is going to be a big matchup for Drew. If if you're him and you can somehow beat Kyle and get to six and four, uh, you're all but in the playoffs. You drop to five and five, and and you're you're in a bit of trouble. So, uh, yeah, obviously things are looking much better for Drew than for Dan. Um, and yeah, down week for Drew, but with his he's got some uh, Austad and Odell Beckham coming off of his bye, um, and maybe his team gets a little healthier, and uh, I think he'll bounce back nicely. Whether or not he wins, he's going up against Kyle's juggernaut of a team. So. He may not win, but I expect him to bounce back. Um, Great. Let's move on to the last matchup of the week. Brian versus Justin. Boy, oh boy. Justin gets the W. Finally, a well-deserved victory for Justin. He gets 14,404 points. Brian takes the loss uh, going down to 5-4. and four. Justin moving up to 4-5. and five. Brian only scored 11,044 points. Not too terrible. I mean, he would have won in Drew and Dan's matchup, so that's something to keep in mind. But, uh, Tommy, I mean, what are we, we know Justin's team has had some really bad luck this year, but in terms of in terms of points scored, he's, he's right up there with the best of the best. Another good week from his team. What are what are your thoughts? What is what is Justin? What is it? prospects look like to make the playoffs yeah i mean the only person that has scored more than justin is you Woo! and sorry what did you say i cheered i said "Woo!" oh <laughs> uh yeah so you're the only team that has scored more than justin and uh so he's right there and you've only scored 132 more points than him kyle's right behind you with his big week uh at uh, just about a thousand less than you guys so it's the three of you that are the highest scoring. Uh, Louis, Louis, not too far behind, uh, and then uh, it's a lot of people um, 
I'm actually with my massive week. I'm I'm actually not too far behind either, uh, but that's not really the point. Um, so for Justin's team, what I think needs to happen for Justin is I. L- so I like Justin's team a lot. I mean, I've been saying it right, and his team keeps performing. And honestly, looking at this week, the biggest thing is Duke Johnson Jr. putting up 25-10. It was a plus matchup in Kansas City. And honestly, he gets another great matchup for Duke Johnson Jr. against Atlanta next week. Um, And so that, I think, is going to be a really strong play for Justin next week. And when you combine that, I mean, Travis Kelsey, just another monster week putting up 25-40. He's back ahead of uh, Ertz as the number one tight end. Adelman with 1438, Antonio Brown with 1270, Cooper Cup with 1740, and Cortland Sutton 720. He's got Ridley on the bench 1670. Uh I don't know. I mean, and he's got I'm going to have Marlon Mack coming back off of a bye who has just been phenomenal. Um I I I don't know. I I I think Justin's in really good shape, uh, even though he's only four and five. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely agree. I don't know as much as you do about the logistics and numbers needed, but when I look at Justin's team, I see a team that better make the playoffs because it's, it's good. Aaron Rodgers, just so solid every week. Antonio Brown, so solid every week. Cooper Cup, so solid when he's healthy every week. I think Sutton was in underperformance. I know he was hyped up coming into the week with Demarius Thomas being traded, but only three catches for 57 yards. I think you'll see, I think that's about his baseline. So I think you can feel pretty good about him moving forward. Latavius Murray with Delvin Cook coming back. He's the question mark there. But like you just stated, Marlon Mack coming back. I don't know. Justin's running backs are certainly still the question mark. But boy, oh boy, at the tight end position, at the quarterback position, at the wide receiver position, at the kicker position, he is best of the best. Yeah, really, really good stuff uh, from him. And yeah, they the running backs are still the question mark in the slight, uh, I guess, uh, the weak spot of his team. But like I said, uh, Duke Johnson Jr. is going to have a really good matchup. I think he'll have another great game. Um, and yeah, Murray's going on a bye, so we'll see what happens with him and Cook after their Week 10 bye week. But uh, yeah, you plug Marlon Mack in if he's healthy. And honestly, I think... Marlon Mack and Duke Johnson Jr., especially for next week, is going to be enough. Uh, he'll get enough production from them, uh, and it'll be a matter of if, it, if it, the rest of his team, which has been great, performs great again, he'll have a good chance of getting a victory. Uh, I'll let you. I'll let you talk through Brian's team, but I just want to say from from me to you guys, all you listeners out there, Tommy and I put in a lot of work. Uh, Tommy more so than me to study this stuff and stay up to date and really make sure that we're well-informed enough to even pretend to talk about this. If there's one thing I know, it's this. Don't start Chris Hogan. Please. <laughs> Please. From me to you, as as a bottom-tier fantasy expert, I beg of you, don't start Chris Hogan. No matter what the outlook looks like. I know he lured you into it seven targets two weeks ago. Almost 600 points last week. You thought, yeah, as a wide receiver plug-in, wide receiver three plug-in, sure. He's on the Patriots. High-powered offense. Tom Brady, best quarterback of all time. 
Trust me, I hear you. <laughs> but always remember, don't play Chris Hogan. That's all I have to say about Brian's team. Zero points for Chris Hogan this week. He played full game, just didn't catch a pass. Yeah, really... Uh, Wasn't targeted. Really... Was targeted once. Really disappointing stuff from Chris Hogan. Uh, honestly, when I thought when I saw he played him, I was like, this is probably going to be Chris Hogan's blow-up week because that's just the kind of stuff that happens when Brian uh, makes those kind of decisions. But, yeah, outside of the dud from Chris Hogan, uh, which was not great, excellent game from Drew Brees. Drew Brees has been just lights out at home. 346 pass yards, four passing touchdowns. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Yopkins, 100, 105 yards on 10 catches and a touchdown, 2150. Jordan Howard now has three straight weeks of uh, scoring touchdowns, three straight weeks of over 1,000. He puts up 1670 this week with two rushing touchdowns. Aaron Jones looks really, really good, still not getting the full workload, and had a really, really costly fumble, uh, really lost the game for the Packers. They were tied 17-17. They were, had a great drive. They were in Patriots territory, and he coughed up the ball, and uh, Patriots never, never really got into scoring position again the rest of the game. Uh, so that's disappointing from a real football perspective. But he, I think, uh, as long as he's not put in the doghouse for that fumble, I think he's going to be fine option moving forward. Insanely disappointing performance from Adrian Peterson, only putting up 480 against Atlanta's defense. Uh, Austin Hooper, disappointing performance, 560. Uh, outside of Howard, uh, Smith-Schuster had a great, or a decent game at 1130. So you got Howard, Schuster, Hopkins, and Breeze. And I think... Uh, you can depend on the for, for sure the top the two wide receivers in Breeze Howard. Still, I'm not sure if you're going to be able to depend on him week to week, but three encouraging weeks in a row, and then it's a whole lot of a whole lot of question marks for Brian's team. Beyond that, it's um, like I said, Aaron Jones looks really good. Is not getting the work right now. Adrian Peterson, maybe it's just a down week. He had had two great weeks before that. Um, He's got Tampa Bay next week, so maybe a good bounce-back week for him. But Brian has not been great. Uh, So he has one of the lowest uh, points for, as far as points scored this season fantasy-wise. And he's looking at, he's got, like I mentioned, him and Dad both have three losses in a row. And in Brian's three losses, he puts up 7,400, 11,200, and 11,000. So it's, after two really strong weeks, in five weeks five and six to go to five and one. He's had three really bad weeks. Like I said, he's going to be playing Dan. Or sorry, Dan is not who he is playing. He's playing Dad, our father, and one of them is going to have to get the win, which is good news for them. But one of them is going to get the loss, and they're right now. Dad and, and Brian are both in tailspins, uh, having lost three in a row, <laughs> and. To put it politely. <laughs> they really are. After looking really, really good. I mean, I mentioned when they were five and one, I thought they were both They're locked. Tailspins. <laughs> I thought they were both locks to make the playoffs at five and one. And like I said, one of them is going to lose next week and be in serious jeopardy of potentially missing the playoffs. So uh yeah. Uh, you just with three bad weeks in a row for both of them, they're both looking to bounce back in a major way next week. And uh uh, yeah, anything else on Brian's team? No, man. I think you, you covered a lot of it. I, I think you see in, in the record book Brian's team being superior to Justin's, but I think it's pretty clear that the opposite is the case. Yeah, yeah. Justin's team looks much, much better, much more well-rounded right now than Brian's. Um, and yeah, so 
we've got it's a it's a tight. We're we're through nine weeks, right? We got four weeks of the regular season of fantasy left, and it's tight. It's real tight, man. We got eight teams that are either five and four or four and five. And honestly, right now the four and five teams, your your four and five team, and Justin's four and type five team for sure look better than both all three of Dad, Drew, and Brian, who are all five and four. Um, and honestly, Anna's team uh, lately over the last two weeks has looked better than. Uh, I think I think all three of Dad, uh, Brian, and Drew as well. So uh, Greg's right there as well at four and five. I think, unfortunately for Scott, want to sorry to interrupt you. I want to congratulate Greg. He he made a great Monday or Sunday morning pickup, and actually picked up Mike Williams, re- dropped Ben Ben Watson, and played Mike Williams, who ended up getting a touchdown. So just wanted to to congratulate Greg for being on top of it and and making a good last minute play. Yeah, absolutely. That's a that's definitely worth a shout out for sure. Uh, love to see the activity there. Um, but yeah, so I think with the as in regards to the playoff picture at six and three, you uh, I mean Kyle's in for sure. Um, me, I would say I'm almost definitely in for sure. Like I said, if I lose my last four, um, I could probably I could miss out depending on on how badly my team does. But I think both of us are going to make it. I think Louis going to make it. Uh, so that's three spots right there. Um, and I, like I said, sadly, I think for Scott, his team might be on, uh, this, this, he might be on life support right now. Dan certainly as well. They both are going to have, they need wins. And like I said, Scott plays you. So that's not looking good. Dan plays me. My team has been known to get a bad week. So I think Dan's prospects are a little bit better than Scott's, especially with Scott's injuries, uh, and bye week situation. Dan's going to have his studs all there next week against me. So, um, and then it's going to be Greg versus Louie, a five and four matchup versus a four and five matchup. It's going to be uh, Justin versus Anna is one of the biggest matchups of the week. They're both four and five. Ooh, trouble um, in paradise. And next week is actually rivalry week, which is uh, pretty hilarious because you're playing Scott and you guys have developed a kind of rivalry. We are absolutely rivals. <laughs> Anna and Justin, obviously rivals. Uh, Kyle and Drew, biggest rivals there are. Louie and Greg, yeah. they hate each other. Oh my gosh, um, they haven't spoken in years. Me and Dan, I loathe Dan. You know that about me. Yeah, we um, talk about that all the time <laughs> publicly, but yeah, absolutely. And then Dad versus Brian, I mean... Well, Dad was always weird. I used to call Brian Daddy back in the day, and that made my, that made Dad uncomfortable, so... And that's that's some, There's some serious blood there, bad blood there for sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's going to be... Yeah... It's 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 close it's year, man. Very competitive year. Yeah, usually is usually is competitive, but not not this competitive. It's it's exciting. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, so next week will be a big week, and we'll we'll have a a much clearer picture uh, once next week is done of of what the playoffs are going to look like. Uh, if Dan and Scott both lose, they're out, and that eliminates the eight team race or the eight spot race to, down to ten teams. So. Um, yeah, hopefully. So we did not have our producers with us this week. Uh, they were at a, a concert tonight, so hopefully they had a, a lot of fun, and hopefully we did them proud with this episode. Uh, any last thoughts, Jack? Please email in if you have any thoughts, unless your name is Kyle. And yeah, it's a lot of fun. Can't believe we're already double digits, man. Week ten. Week ten will be next week. And it's crazy. It's 
it's fun. We're we're happy to be back. The second season of Let's Talk Fantasy Football podcast. And hopefully there will be many more. But for now, thanks for tuning in. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. And, uh, yeah, Tommy, any last words or I'll, I'll send them off to paradise. Yeah, send them off to paradise. Just want to say thanks for listening, guys. Love you all. And, uh, and good luck to everyone next week. Let's Talk Fantasy Football. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do